All right, all right, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Heal Thyself. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Happy, happy, happy day. It's going to be a good one. I have a lot to say today. 2021, we are coming with it, I'm telling you. So, Knowledge Bomb, you heard me talk about community before, back in episode 51, I believe. I talked about community and I spoke about the benefits. But really, this episode is going to teach us where to start, how to create community, how to find community. Because let me tell you something, community is the number one thing for our health by far. Okay. Then we have a very special guest. He is the Sprouts guy. He is the guy who literally wrote the book on sprouting. And it's really important because sprouting is going to play a major role in our health long term. And there's so much to be said about the nutrient density in it. So if you never sprouted or never heard of sprouting, you're going to learn a lot about sprouting because we can all be doing it. It's going to be amazing stuff. But without further ado, let's really dive into this community aspect. I can't wait to jump into this. Let's get to that knowledge bomb. Oh my Lord, community, 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 community is everything. I dedicated a whole episode, episode 51, to speaking about it and its benefits. The thing is, I didn't really go into how to find your community, right? What true community is, what it feels like, where to find it, how to create it, how to grow it, how to nurture it. But this is what I'm here to do today. So you may have seen me say in my stories, uh, sometimes in other people's stories, community equals immunity. And a lot of people's like, what does that mean? So from the standpoint of the physical, I want you all to understand community has an important role. And, and it, it may be counterintuitive to what we understand in the state of the world, but in a perfect world, the community, the exchange of bacteria, viruses, fungi, literally breathing, sharing is telling our immune system about our surroundings, right? And how to react accordingly. A healthy immune system is gonna prime itself to keep you healthy by exposures of your community. Very interesting, right? So again, remember, your immune system is always paying attention to its environment, surroundings, even temperature, right? So imagine the influence that the people around you have, right? So you wanna really surround yourself with a community of healthy people, exchanging bacteria, viruses, fungi. It'd be silly to think we could protect ourselves from all of these forever, because it's not gonna happen. We can't. But I want you all to keep in mind that from the immune standpoint, yes, literally the people you're around affects your immunity. But more importantly, I wanna go a little bit deeper in that. So community, real community. Here's the most important part. Community gives you immunity from illusion. The illusion that we fall into every single day. The illusion that we're separate. My God, the greatest illusion of all time. When you find your community, it's not just a congregation of like-minded people. Real community, real social connection provides space. A space for you to be who you are without that egoic illusion of separation. A space for you to be your truest, most authentic, most loving self. And boy, does that feel good. My God, to take off those false identities, those jackets made of lead, and to show up without fear of judgment, to be seen, to feel seen, to be heard, to feel heard by a group of people who support, love, and appreciate you and your highest and truest self, well, that's health. And listen to me, and listen to me closely. Community at this level is the most important intervention for health, before diet, before exercise, before smoking, before drinking, before even detoxifying your home. 
a community of people who reflect your authenticity, your greatness, and mostly, mostly, most importantly, the love that you are is health. That's healing, and that's number one. Community, community, community. You want to surround yourself, and this is the community equals immunity part. You want to surround yourself with people on the deeper level who really allow that, allow you to show up that way, allow you to be your most authentic, highest self, and also are inspiring you simultaneously. You're looking at them and you go, God damn, that person is great. That person is illustrating, radiating, characterizing, personifying greatness. And that, that inspiration leads you to grow more. That's true community, all right? But how do we foster that? I'll tell you this. My number one goal of 2020, right, last year, was to foster better community, to find community. In the beginning of last year, I had zero community, right? I had some like-minded friends in different groups, different pockets, but before I had the opportunity to create community, I looked at myself and I asked three questions. So the first question, who am I creating? For me, I asked, who is the man that I'm creating in this world? Without judgment or right or wrong, ask yourself as if you're playing a video game or creating a character. What attributes do you want to call in? And there's no judgment here. No such thing as right or wrong in this situation, right? In your own creation. But be aware that every creation is rooted in two things, love or fear. You can create attributes rooted in fear. Go ahead. It's not my creation. And I ain't going to judge that. But understand the law of cause and effect. The more you create in fear, the more fearful places, people, things, situations, and circumstances you experience. Fear is the root of hate oppression, resentment, anger. Now keep that in mind because the opposite is when you create based in love and love is expansive and that completely changes your experience. Fear is restrictive. So the world is simply the way it is because people are unconscious creators of their human experience. We've been given so much fear-based news, ideas, ideals, religious teaching, beliefs. We can't help but be creating in fear when we're an autopilot. So by defining yourself, think about it this way. It's like a Sims game. You ever play the Sims? When you're creating your Sims character, no one is behind you yelling, you chose the wrong creation, you chose the wrong personality, you chose the wrong outfit, you chose the wrong circumstances. No, you play your game, you create, and then once you see, it's your creation, once you see, while you're playing, you realize, all right, well, maybe my character, it's, it's not fully what I want. It's not serving me, this character, right? There's, there's attributes of this experience that I want to take away from this character. So go back to the main menu and recreate it. See what serves you, keep it. See what doesn't serve you, take it out. The question is always, what are you creating? For me, I was thinking, all right, let me, cause, let me create more intention. Let me create more integrity, intuition, compassion, nurturing, being able to speak my truth without fear, right? I always had issues with really speaking up when I was young. So being able to speak my truth without fear, right? So all of these aspects of me that I know I didn't have in my character that I show up as, I was bringing in. You cannot create or attract the proper or highest community without having this blueprint for yourself. Community starts with you, always. The blueprint depends on the parameters that you define. And now you can see how much power you have because now what I'm submitting to you is going from autopilot, unconscious creator of your life to being fully conscious creator of your life. And by being a fully conscious creator, then it expands the community, which expands to the world. So start creating who you are. Think about it. 
Take an audit of your life. Take an audit of your characteristics. Take an audit of how you're showing up in the world. Ask yourself if it's serving you. If it's not, get it out and start bringing in qualities that are rooted in love that do serve you. All right. That was number one. Now, here's the most ironic and beautiful part of this whole process. Once you have a creative blueprint on the person that you want to show up as in the world, it's very synchronous and pay very close attention because it's subtle. You're going to start seeing people, places, things, situations, circumstances show up in order for you to validate your own creation of who you are. And that's the most amazing part because now once you make a different choice than you have all of your life, you shift your vibration of who you are. You shift your vibration of what you're putting out into the world. And all of a sudden, you've created a new self. You've let go of a lead jacket. You've become more authentically you. And now, the people, places, things, situations, circumstances that you are attracting are a different quality, a different frequency, a different resonance. It's the most incredible thing I've ever experienced in my life. So for me, one of the major things that I had had trouble, especially in my 20s, is being fully in integrity. Right? Like, what does integrity mean to me? And I created my own definition and, and of, of how I want to show up as a man of integrity. And it may be different than yours, and that's okay. But as soon as I declared that to myself, I started creating and attracting situations coming to me that challenged that integrity, that would have led me to go down a road that I was very used to going down. But the moment I said years ago, the moment I said, I'm actually going to make a different decision and show myself that I am in integrity, life changed. Because all of a sudden, I didn't need to prove to myself that I'm in integrity, I was in integrity. And that's the most beautiful, subtle, powerful thing that can happen. So now you're officially going from autopilot to now a conscious creator of your experience because you're able to keep in track of what's happening. And this is how you foster community. I'm gonna tie it all together, don't worry about it. And that's life, right? Life is creative. It's a creative play. Now you're driving, now you're awake. And now you have responsibility to all of a sudden take tabs on yourself every single day and have that unwavering faith that what you're creating is attracting like resonance, like experiences, so you can show that to yourself. And now your blueprint is literally being put into action. And the last part, number three, where we tie it all together, surround, surrounding yourself. So now you've created yourself anew. You're showing up in the world in a very particular way. You got an updated version of you, right? Like, you know, you have the iPhone 5 and all of a sudden you got the iPhone 8, the, high, the higher version of you, more capacity, more ability, more features. But really, your vibration has shifted and here's the amazing thing that you're going to notice. You start attracting different people around you when your vibration shifts, especially when it's rooted in love. Notice if your creation is rooted in fear, you're going to attract more situations to validate that you're living in fear. So diff more fearful people, more fearful circumstances, more fearful places. But when you're rooted in love, watch the people that you start bringing to your life. People who radiate your creation, who mirror your creation. That's the most amazing thing. So now you're creating a real community, a real community. That's the definition of community, right? It's wonderful to have community-based apps and websites and going to meetups, and that's great, right? That's, that's meeting people who have common interests. But the true defini definition of community is being around people who mirror that highest version of you, being around people who allow you to be your most authentic self and who love you for that. That's community, all right? So what you want to find and really do is start with yourself. Community should be a mirror of your inner world. 
Community should be empowering. Community should be influential. It should be inspiring, transformative. But you ain't going to find a community until you transform yourself. So there's the blueprint. I told you what I did, and, I, and absolutely, without a doubt, in less than a year, it worked for me. I have the most incredible community, far beyond anything I could have ever imagined. But I give you the blueprint. So I ask you this. Do you have the ability and capacity to transform yourself anew? And if so, can you attract people just like you? Now imagine how that looks exponentially. Now imagine how you change yourself and you can change the world. You always have that ability. I'm just helping you remember what to do. God damn, that felt good. Listen, listen, I really do love you all. Uh, I, I want to before, and, and this is and this is an extension of community. All of you, for some reason, you're attracted to these teachings or whatever's coming out of me. And remember, if it resonates with you, lean into that. Remember that. Go into that. If if I'm just a, a guy with a hat on talking crazy, then don't listen to me. That's fine too. But really, what I'm challenging you all to do is find your truth, find who you are. Actually, don't even find it. You're already that. Remember who you are and create anew because you're always creating. By creation of you, you create your own community. All right. Let's get to our special guest. Really excited to learn about Sprouts. We're changing gears here. Really excited to learn about Sprouts. It's going to be amazing stuff. And I cannot express more how excited I am to talk about this powerful superfood. All right, everyone, today's special guest, Doug Evans, is a longtime health advocate, and he is the most passionate person out there when it comes to sprouts, and that's what we're talking about, sprouting your food. He literally moved to the desert and wrote the book on sprouts. So, Doug, what 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 even brought you into the world of sprouts? I mean, you said long, you're a longtime health advocate. Yeah. You love all things health, but sprouts, how did that come in? So, I started to sprout 25 years ago. Okay. And over the last um, 20 three years, 22 years, I was sprouting and using sprouts as a garnish, right? right? So I loved mung bean sprouts on my Asian cuisine, and I had alfalfa sprouts whenever I was with my hippie friends, mm -hmm. right? And then I moved to the Mojave Desert. I live on a hot springs near Joshua Tree. Love it. Right? And then the wake-up call was, not only am I in the desert, I'm in a food desert. And that was, what was I gonna eat? So being whole food, plant-based, raw since 1999, there wasn't a lot of options. And as you know, it takes weeks, months, or years to grow a garden. So I was like, oh, well, I can just grow sprouts. So dusted off the mason jars, ordered some organic sprouting seeds, and within 30 days, 50% of my calories were coming from sprouts that I was growing in one cubic foot. That's unbelievable. Yeah, but it is believable. Like that's, the, and so all of a sudden, like being in the desert, no TV, no cable, off the water grid, and basically off the food grid, I said, how am I gonna eat? So I went from just alfalfa sprouts and mung bean sprouts to arugula and azuki and five different kinds of lentils and peas and flax and chia. And all of a sudden, I had more variety with just eating sprouts than the average American with virtually an unlimited palate. And so I became really interested in sprouts, and I just started eating them, and that kind of led to my research. Okay, so you, so you, now you're eating sprouts in the middle of the Mojave Desert. Yeah. 
uh, and as you said, a food desert. Did you notice a change in how you felt once you started inter- making that intervention with more of those sprouts in your meal? Well, the, the first thing that I felt was kind of spiritually, I felt really connected with nature. Like sprouts are living foods, right? So they're enzymatically rich and they're alive. And like simple things, like if you take, for example, garbanzo beans, simple chickpeas, and you sprout them, you go from something that is undigestible in the hard state mm-hmm. to something that has you know, 30 plus grams of protein in a cup. Love that. And fiber. So they, they, they start to feel alive. So I just felt light, like just bouncy and light. Mm-hmm. And I felt free that all of a sudden when I had that like realization, right? And you're, you love plants. I do. Right, so here is my insight. Plants are good for you. Medical doctors say plants are good for you. Vegetables are good for you. Sprouts are vegetables. And my insight was they don't need to be just a garnish. You can have sprout-based meals. You can have sprout salads. You can add sprouts to soups, smoothies, juices, entrees, wraps. Like there's infinite things to do with sprouts if you look at them as vegetables, not as these just garnishes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us do, right? When you go to a restaurant and they'll put, they'll put a little bit of alfalfa sprouts, maybe some broccoli sprouts, and, and it garnishes a, a salad. Right. But few and far between do we go, whoa, like this is a big portion of my meal, this, this bowl of sprouts, you know? Yeah. But it's so amazing to hear how enzymatically rich they are. And we spoke about this before we got on air, how when I eat a lot of these beans or legumes, my stomach hurts, or nuts and seeds, my stomach will hurt. Not too much, but enough that I'm like, oh, it's a little heavy on my stomach. But every time it's sprouted, no stomach issues at all. Yeah, well, sprouting is alignment with nature, right? So these seeds, um, if you think about it, a seed or a nut can stay in a dormant state as a complete living organism, but in a dormant state for years, decades, centuries, right? They found seeds that are... 1,200 years old that are still sproutable. Wow. So if you think about that, that's nature preserving it. So in nature, what happens if you take that seed and you put it in an environment where it can germinate, whether it's moist soil or in the belly of a beast, Mm -hmm. and then it goes into the soil, it will then germinate and grow and replicate. So for the most part of human civilization, there's no shortage of land and no shortage of water. So what did people do who ate vegetables? They ate mature vegetables. If one broccoli seed can grow into a one pound, two pound head of broccoli, and you had no rush of time because you had vegetables, people just ate mature vegetables. Mm -hmm. When I was hungry and I'm in the desert and I had just water, that was the key, the, the tuning in that in three days, five days, seven days, I could have edible food and it was fresh. Mm. So if you think about the freshness factor, the average head of lettuce in the supermarket grocery store across America is over a week old. So we're talking about something that was harvested, cut, put on a truck, questionable refrigeration and transportation. And here you are, I can dial in with a few different mason jars to make sure that I'm getting fresh organic vegetables every single day. Oh, I feel that. I really do because I know what it feels like to eat from a garden. 
You know, like it's it's just a, a beet tastes better, a radish tastes better, lettuce tastes better. But to think, yeah, we can even go to Whole Foods, but as you said, four or five days, it's on the shelf already. You know, that's not fresh, fresh, fresh. So um, you're already inspiring me to go buy some mason jars and start growing some stuff. You know, it's it's and it's easy, isn't it? it I mean, I've never been successful with keeping house plants alive. I've never had successful in the garden. Sprouts are so close to you. And like the miracle of sprouts, and people ask me all the time, I published my book in April during COVID, which seemed like the worst time ever. My book tour was canceled, the book launch, the party, everything canceled. So what I did was I just sent out books. I messaged people and like the book now is in the sixth printing and people around the world are like waking up yeah. to sovereignty and independence. But what makes it so magical is that you can grow sprouts without soil, without sunshine, without fertilizer. Mm -hmm. So they'll grow anywhere, whether you're in a van, whether you're on a submarine, whether you're in space, these seeds, if you create that environment, which is just adding water, they want to sprout, they want to grow. That's incredible. Incredible to hear because now we have no excuse. I mean, like when I lived in the city, um, when I was in Philadelphia, when I was in Connecticut, I was right in the city, New York, there was no garden. And I was going to say, oh, I wish I had a garden. I wish maybe we even had a rooftop garden on this, on this building. But I never thought about that I could just start sprouting some, yeah. some food in my, my own house. Really easy too, right? It's, it's, it, I mean, literally, it's so easy. You add water, you add seeds, you soak them for five hours to eight hours, and then you rinse them twice a day, and then you have your crop. And one of the things, you know, I mentioned the book, I interviewed Dean Ornish, mm -hmm. and when he was consulting to the CEO of McDonald's back in 2000, he said, you really need to put salads on the menu, right? So they put a salad on the menu. What he didn't realize was that they were going to price it for $5.99. So a salad for $5.99 with 120 calories versus a Big Mac with 800 calories for 99 cents. Yeah. So if someone is financially challenged, they're going to go for the calories. So sprouts are the equalizer where everyone can afford sprouts. Like mm -hmm. you can take two tablespoons of broccoli seeds and they will turn into six cups Ooh. of broccoli sprouts. So... You know, I was just in Air One and I bought broccoli sprouts because I was, that's what I wanted to eat. I yeah. had broccoli sprouts and pea shoots. And I spent $3 for each little pack. And I'm looking at that three ounces and that's about 30 cents worth of seeds. Mm -hmm. So the fact that um, I could afford the $3 at this moment, um, but the fact that I know I could grow them for 30 cents and I can have them fresh on demand. So everyone can sprout. Which is amazing because we hear a lot about people saying, all right, well, you know, I, ca I can't really afford organic vegetables, right? Or I can't afford the abundance of vegetables. You know, I have to eat, you know, the, the, whatever packaged food is coming right now. That's right. what I can afford. But to think that something can be so low priced with such a high yield, I mean, there you can, and you said, think about it more as vegetables rather than just garnishes. Then we can utilize sprouts as a big part of our diet. A hundred percent. Even if even if it's if budget wise it's an issue. Well, and and they're healthy and I think the budget the, the financial challenge is removed. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I step back and I look at like why I'm so excited about sprouts, number one, 
sprouts are food, mm -hmm. right? Sprouts are vegetables, sprouts are food. Number two, sprouts are vitamins. So as, as a medical doctor, would you recommend to someone to get their vitamins from eating supplements or from food? Well, for me, at least on my side, I always say food first. It's supplements are just that, a supplement to a good diet. Right. So, so sprouts contain every single micronutrient, phytonutrient, polyphenol, bioflavonoid, prebiotic, probiotic, oh. antioxidant. They're all in there. And you can precisely like unpack the individual amino acids. You could unpack the antioxidants. And imagine a simple cup of lentils, right? Take a cup of French lentils. When you sprout one cup, they become two cups. Mm. And you're doubling the antioxidant levels, you're tripling the vitamin C, and you're getting bioavailable, soluble and insoluble fiber in something familiar as lentils. And that happens in three days. You got me fired up. That is that you have me so fired up thinking about the yield. It's not only just in quantity, but it's literally the quality shifts completely. Well, living foods, and there's been very, you know, there's so much more work, research that needs to be done on living foods. But the third part, like why I'm fired up about sprouts, is one, they're food, two, they're vitamins, and three, they're medicine. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of research in the book, and I've been, you know, consulting with and the Dr. Jed Fahey at Johns Hopkins University, who, like, we know that cruciferous vegetables have anti-cancer properties. Mm -hmm. Turns out broccoli has the most within the cruciferous family. Turns out broccoli sprouts have 20 to 100 times the amount of glucoraphanin myrosinase, the precursor to sulforaphane, than all other vegetables, and you can grow them for pennies a serving. Mm -hmm. So if you think about other chronic and acute illnesses, and you're the doctor, right? I'm the, I'm the guy who's writing about sprouts, mm -hmm. but if you look at the doctor, um, what you can do with this for diabetes, obesity, heart disease, um, the number one treatment, not cure, number one treatment for autism are broccoli sprouts because they create the heat shock proteins which simulate the fever for the young men and women who are suffering autism mm -hmm. to reduce the symptoms of autism. So natural, low cost. Johns Hopkins even tried to patent sulforaphane supplements from broccoli sprouts yeah. when you also could get them from growing your own broccoli. So, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of my experience with broccoli sprouts. When I found out, well, I was always recommending cruciferous vegetables because oncology is my specialty, particularly breast cancer. And I saw a lot of prostate cancer in my life too. And uh, once I looked at the research with cruciferous vegetables, I said, yeah, we need to start recommending more of these. Then I looked at research on broccoli sprouts. Then I looked at the amount of uh, the enzyme in there, myrosinase, and how that can convert to those therapeutic constituents. And then I said, we're messing up. We need to be doing broccoli sprouts first for all of these patients. Then clinically, a few years later, when I started running the hormone test, what I found is recommending not only cruciferous vegetables, but a high amounts of broccoli sprouts shifted estrogen metabolism in the liver of men and women uh, to, a, the, to the less carcinogenic form of estrogen, the one that really pushes breast cancer and prostate cancer, the less carcinogenic form, just from that one intervention. It's, it's wild just how powerful it can be at met metaboli metabolizing hormones. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So I think we're, we're at day one. So, you know, for 21 years, I've been on this journey, plant-based journey, raw vegan journey. And 
for probably 18 of those years, I recommended everyone do what I was doing. And I faced so much resistance because people don't want to give up things. Mm -hmm. So now, like 2021, it's like add sprouts. For sure. Add sprouts to your smoothies, juicer sprouts, add them to wraps, just add sprouts to everything. And my mantra is sprouts first because no one wants to eat broccoli sprouts for dessert. Mm -hmm. But if you're hungry, you will eat the broccoli sprouts first and hopefully the fiber in there and the nutrients and if you eat them slowly, will trigger in the brain a sense of satiation mm -hmm. and fulfillment so that you'll be less inclined to eat more of the other stuff later on. Mm -hmm. Which is a great point when you think about it, sprouts first, always, because you can always just pick at them also in your home. Yeah. Um, so for, for folks who literally never heard of sprouting, we know you mentioned a few things that it, they're more digestible, more antioxidants, more vitamins, more minerals. Um, how do we get started? You, you said, you know, really cheap. So are we, do we start off with the seeds? Like, let's say we want to sprout alfalfa. Right. How do we do that? Where do we go? What's, do we start at the store? What, what are the yeah. steps? So I would start with um, a Google search or you can go to any of the leading um, sprouting oriented websites, whether it's sprout sproutman.com or truly for mm -hmm. um, uh, sprout people, mm -hmm. any of the places that are focused with organic sprouting seeds, because it's important that the seeds, the sprouting seeds are like the top shelf, right? If you just go to the, and I would say, do not not sprout if your only choice is to go to the bodega and get from the bulk bin. Mm -hmm. But if you can get organic sprouting seeds, they're tested for pathogens and they're tested for high germination rate. Mm -hmm. So the, I would just start with um, organic sprouting seeds. And there's a chapter in my book called Junkyard Dog, where basically you can take almost any vessel, like this glass would be perfect. Take a glass, soak you know, in a, in a vessel this big, I would put one tablespoon of alfalfa seeds. Mm -hmm. I would soak them in about this much water um, for eight hours. Then I would rinse them and you could take a piece of cheesecloth or a, a sock or any clean fabric, or they make special screens mm -hmm. that go over them with a rubber band and then strain them and then rinse them and strain them twice a day and keep them you know, at about a 45 degree angle so the extra water runs mm -hmm. out. Okay. So you don't wanna flood them because then you're cutting off their ability to um, release CO2 and consume oxygen. So they, they're living, so they want, they want oxygen, but they also want the water. So the germination stage and the sprouting stage requires water and, and air. And so that's it. You could even do an experiment if you've got the little spray bottle you know, from Home Depot and you put the alfalfa seeds on a piece of um, unbleached paper towel yeah. or, or muslin or cheesecloth, and you just sprayed them with a little spray bottle, spray them two or three times a day, they will sprout and just keep growing up. Wow. And it's like magic. And if you have a family, if you have kids, the kids are fascinated <laughs> because there's like instant results. Like all of a sudden they're getting bigger and the next day they're doubling in size and tripling in size. And so you get exponential growth with growing alfalfa and alfalfa sprouts are incredibly nutritious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is an incredible way to just really get the family and kids involved, right? Having them, and I always say this, 
can we have our kids seeing the food from scratch, right? If you have a garden, seeing the food grow, helping water and having con contributing to the growth. So what better way to start introducing healthier foods to your kids than having them involved in the process, right? If you live in a small apartment in New York City, you can still get this done. Yeah. And it's amazing because then they start eating them, right? Now, now, okay, so there's going to be people who go, sprouts don't taste good. How do we make them taste good? Or, or, or is it, this just very subjective? No, so many answers to that question. The number one thing that makes sprouts taste good is probably tahini. Tahini. Just oh, okay. tahini, and you can get um, raw vegan tahini. So I buy it in a 17-pound bucket, right? So I'm like adding it to everything, mm -hmm. and you get all the benefits of the, the sesame seeds that go in the tahini. But the fat in the tahini will neutralize the flavor of almost any sprout. The other thing is in the book, I, you know, I was asking myself the same question. How do we make sprouts right. more accessible? So I hired Lita Scheintaub to collaborate with me on creating 40 recipes that are all vegan, so all plant-based, all raw, with about 50% of the ingredients are sprouts. Amazing. So you can make smoothies, you can make wraps, you can make Indian street food. So whatever you want to have. So it gives a project because a lot of community, a lot of family is gathered around the table. People like to prepare and put love into it. So I wanted to give people who wanted to be healthy, who were um, wanted to be adventurous and to learn. So we created 40 recipes in the book. I love that, which, which is just, it opens the book for everyone to really start making nutritious, tasty food for their family. And, yeah. and, and just me alone, I can do this myself. I can go to the back of the book, the middle of the book, wherever, and just look for those recipes. Um, so this book came out in April. We got more and more people learning about sprouts. I know you're really happy. Yeah. Um, so what are, what are your plans for the future? I mean, um, I, know, I know the world is really weird right now, but I mean, I, can, I, I envision you in a van doing a sprouts tour across America. Yeah, I mean... Literally, this is my my second uh, podcast that I'm recording today. Mm -hmm. So I'm going live. I'm sharing the information. I'm running a sprout lab um, at at my home. What's a sprout lab now? Basically, I'm taking every variety of seed using every sprout method and documenting nuance and subtleties, mm -hmm. so that um, when people ask me a question, I can give them the most precise accurate answer and I can learn. I've learned more about sprouting since the book came out um, than, I knew, than I did in all my years before. Amazing. Because people are asking me and it's forcing me to create entirely new neural pathways in the brain. Mm -hmm. And so someone was asking in a underprivileged community, you know, back East, you know, what, what can we do? And I was like, get five food grade buckets, five gallon buckets, buy your seeds in bulk, and then every person, all five of you, sprout different things and then come together once a week and share your crop. I love that because then it brings connection to your particular crop, right? Then you have your son, they're his own particular crop, daughter, you know, the whole family's involved. Exactly. And you get to eat, chase each other's food. Oh. And it's it just, you get the economies of scale. Yeah. And then the other thing is you talk about recipes, constantly testing the recipes. Mm -hmm. And now also, um, I love the fact that you're a medical doctor focused you know, on oncology. So the more testing, so I think the more awareness of this 
and I don't know. All I can say is that I feel really, you asked me what happens once I start to sprout, I felt alive. Like I felt one with nature. I love and that. so at peace, and the idea that now I buy my sprouts, my sprouting seeds in 35 pound buckets. So like, you know, in LA, people were stabbing each other over toilet paper at the beginning mm -hmm. of, of COVID. And like, um, what's going to happen if there's ever a shortage of food? Mm -hmm. So I think of the third thing, right, was sprouts as medicine. The fourth is sprouts for survival. Like wow. everyone should have water stored in their house and sprouting seeds so they can live, you know, and, and feel comfortable that they don't need other things. Incredible. Doug, you got me fired up, man. I'm, I'm over here ready to buy a 50 pound bag, put it <laughs> in my storage, get ready for everything. But most importantly, you have me inspired to really buy some mason jars and you, it's so much easier than I ever thought. And I don't know why it took me so long as a vegan to really get involved. I, I mean, I think the main reason why is like, I knew about it for 25 years. I'd been doing it regularly but I never took it seriously until necessity kicked in. Mm -hmm. And then when necessity kicked in, then like I went really deep. Now that I have this knowledge about the sprouts, to me it's sprouts first. So even though like I came to LA, like the first thing I ate was sprouts because I know like that's the highest vibration, highest energy, most nutritious food on a per calorie basis that's available. And why not have that? Mm -hmm. And the, the idea that the more sprouts you eat, the more you're shifting your microbiome, yeah. and then the more sprouts you want. But if you're eating cooked food, processed food, refined food with added fat, sugar, oil, salts, and you eat a sprout, it's gonna be like, no way. For sure. But if you do, you know, for example, um, a no eating window for like 18 hours, and then you're hungry, and you time to break your fast, and you eat the sprouts, you'll eat the sprouts because you're hungry, mm -hmm. right? So I think the idea of just being very strategic, like the way people manage their, their finance portfolio <laughs> or Bitcoin portfolio yeah. or um, baseball card collection, right. they do with a much greater degree of care than they do with managing what their intake is. Absolutely. And, and I'm on it, man. I'm on it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the mason jars when I get home. I want everyone listening and viewing to make sure to just watch my stories because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be tagging you on these because it's going to be really something. Wow. And, and, I'm gonna, and I'm available like for you. You can text me. You can message awesome. me. You know, we can go live. We can do tutorials. Like this is like the fact like it's 2021 and that the whole world isn't sprouting is like like extraordinary to me. So my goal for 2021 is to like wake up the world to sprouting because this isn't an exotic superfood that comes from Peru. This is something that's familiar to yeah. everyone, accessible to everyone, and um, I think everyone will benefit. I love that. And thank you for saying all of that. Where do we find you? Uh, I know we have your book, The Sprouting Book, um, but where else can we find you? So it's The Sprout Book. The Sprout Book. The Sprout, yeah, book. The Sprout book. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, just Doug Evans, okay. and we have a website for thesproutbook.com. So we're taking emails and I'm going to be publishing and pushing out my information there. 
And that's really simple. Thank you for firing everyone up, man. This is amazing stuff. Like I said, that you have inspired me to really get into sprouting, not as a garnish, but really as a meal. And and, I, and I'm going to show everyone on Instagram that uh, I'm the I'm the sprout junior. I'm the sprout apprentice to the sprout guru here. The man, no, not the guru, but just just the guy. Yeah. Look, I, I think that to me, necessity is the greatest form of invention. And I feel like at this stage of my life, to have so much purpose, to be able to have this information, share this information, like it gives me purpose to wake up every day. Love that. Love that. Love that you said that. Thank you, Doug, for joining the show, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, that's Doug. He just dropped some sprout bombs on us. I love it. I love that I was able to really uh, share my secret of how I created real community. And I, and I challenge you all, again, get into it. Do that work. Make yourself uncomfortable, right? Because when you're taking off those jackets that are weighing on you over and over, we got 20, 30, 40, 50 jackets on, you shed a layer, you shed a layer. I'm telling you, by the time you're at 10 jackets, that are weighing you down and then you're on five and then maybe you got one or two jackets weighing you down, you are radiating and shifting and changing the world and you've always been that. So, I mean, like, it's all love. I really appreciate you all for uh, joining the show, taking the time out, rating, reviewing, subscribing. We're about to hit two million and that's because all of you.